The best conversations I have with my colleagues are the ones that happen when no one is looking, when we're not 100% sure yet what to write. Hopefully, having conversations like this can help you figure out your own point of view. That's kind of our job as Washington Post opinions columnists. I'm Charles Lane, Deputy Opinion Editor. And I'm Amanda Ripley, a contributing columnist. We're going to bring you into these conversations on a new podcast called Impromptu. Follow Impromptu now, wherever you listen. This is The Look Ahead with Scott Seidenberg on VSIN, the sports betting network. Ahead. I'm Scott Seidenberg coming to you from the Circus Sportsbook in downtown Las Vegas. You can follow me on Twitter at Scott's on Air as we look ahead to an exciting weekend of football, both in the NFL and college football, and the four remaining days of the Major League Baseball regular season as the postseason races have just completely heated up. I mean, scorching hot right now. Scorching hot. If you listened to the show last night, we gave you a pretty easy play for you to cash in on here on Wednesday. And it was as simple as fading a clinching team. The St. Louis Cardinals were the hottest team in Major League Baseball coming into their game on Wednesday against the Brewers. They had won 17 straight games, but by virtue of winning that 17th in a row on Tuesday, they clinched the second wild card in the National League. So on Wednesday, you would expect them to not have their traditional lineup on the field. And also, maybe some of the players were out partying a little bit too much on Wednesday. If you look at the lineup, no Nolan Arenado, no Tommy Edmond, no Yadier Molina, no O'Neal. And uh, the rest of the players went out there and did not score a run, losing to the Brewers 4 nothing, snapping the winning streak, 17 games, franchise record, but it doesn't matter because they clinched, they're in the postseason, and that's all that matters. But if you played it, congratulations, you cashed. I don't think there was an easier bet the entire Major League Baseball season than fading the Cardinals the day after they clinched a postseason spot. So now you look at the standings right now in the American League, boy, are things interesting with the Blue Jays beating the Yankees and Garrett Cole on Tuesday, uh, excuse me, on Wednesday, the Jays are just a game back of the Red Sox for that second wild card. The Yankees are only a game up on the Red Sox for the first wild card. Garrett Cole was not good and likely lost the Cy Young with the performance on Wednesday. And you can probably pencil Robbie Ray into that Cy Young award now because, uh, Garrett Cole was not good in this matchup with the Blue Jays. The Yankees did come back and tie the game, but then uh, Clay uh, Holmes came in in the the eighth inning, bottom of the eighth inning, gave up a a solo home run to Bichette, which uh, gave the Blue Jays the win over the Yankees. So the wild card's going to come down to the last couple of days of the season. In fact, both spots are still up for grabs because no one has clinched yet and no one will clinch until the next couple of days. You got Yankees, Red Sox, Mariners, and Blue Jays all fighting for two spots in the American League postseason. And the divisional races, Giants' magic number has been shortened. They can clinch uh, in the next couple of days. The Phillies lost again to the Braves. Atlanta can clinch on Thursday. Atlanta wins on Thursday. They clinch the National League East. 
going to be really exciting to watch these games coming up, not just uh, on Thursday, but also the remainder of the season. If you're looking real quick at Thursday's slate, the Red Sox, heavy favorites over the Orioles, no, and the starting pitching is yet to be determined, so... A uh, couple of question marks there, but Red Sox heavy favorite over the Orioles. Blue Jays are actually favored over the Yankees. You have the Braves as a heavy favorite over the Phillies. And then you got uh, Dodgers heavy favorites over the Padres. Giants heavy favorites over the Diamondbacks. Those are the only games that will have uh, postseason implications. Um, as Seattle is going to have the day off before they begin a series coming up on Friday. So... Those are the only games on Thursday with postseason implications, and everyone's going to be watching because it's really, really exciting now at the end of this Major League Baseball season. Let's take a look at the future odds. The Dodgers are still your favorite to win the World Series at plus 340. The Giants are plus 800, so it has gone down. It was plus 850, now it's plus 800. The Astros, your second favorite to win the World Series at plus 450. Brewers plus 700, White Sox plus 750. Uh, the Tampa Bay Rays are plus 800, same thing as the Giants. The Yankees are plus 1,200. The Braves plus 1,300. Cardinals plus 2,200. Red Sox plus 2,800. And then some of the other long shots uh, like the Blue Jays to make the playoffs and to win the World Series is plus 3,500. The Mariners plus 12,000 to win the World Series. Uh, so those are your future odds right now. Your World Series matchup, per, the per, uh, to predict the matchup, your favorite right now at plus 750 is Astros against the Dodgers. Uh, your league uh, uh, futures, the Dodgers are your favorite to win the National League, followed by the Brewers, then the Giants. In the American League, it's the Astros, then the Rays and White Sox together at plus 300. Uh, Yankees at plus 600 to me could be a nice little sprinkle. Uh, Giants at plus 310. I like them in the National League as well. So that's the, that's a look at the future. That's a look at what's going on in Major League Baseball. Going to talk a little bit more about some futures because college football is uh, in the midst of an exciting fifth week of play. And there are huge games on this schedule that I think will have a major impact, not just on team futures, but on player futures as well. The Heisman Trophy, as crazy as it sounds, could be won this weekend. You have the two top favorites in Matt Corral of Ole Miss and Bryce Young of Alabama playing against each other in a game on Saturday. The quarterback that has the bigger, the big-time performance could very well lock up the Heisman Trophy. I know it's crazy to say because... Hey, injuries can happen. Uh, certainly somebody could step up. There was a point last year where, and it, it, it was bad for me because I was sitting on it, but Kyle Trask had the Heisman locked up for Florida. He uh, had himself an elite season last year. But, but... He stumbled at the end of the year. And when he stumbled, that's when he lost the Heisman Trophy. And I was sitting here with a Kyle Trask plus 5,000 ticket to win the Heisman Trophy. I tweeted it out. 
I absolutely was all over him from the from the off season going into last college football season. I had the ticket at plus five thousand, but it was the game against I guess it was the um LSU game where Kyle Trask was had the bad performance, the two touchdowns and two interceptions against LSU. And that was the game that lost him the Heisman Trophy. Meanwhile, you know, Alabama's Devontae Smith kept on having game after game after game and went out there, balled out, and he took the Heisman from right under Kyle Trask. So things can happen. Bryce Young or Matt Corral can have an, a, a great game here on Saturday and then have a leg up for the Heisman Trophy. But all it takes is maybe one or two bad performances and somebody else to keep rising up and being consistent week in and week out, and then they steal the Heisman from right underneath you. But the odds right now, Matt Corral plus 150 as your favorite, Bryce Young plus 180 as your second favorite, and then Desmond Ritter plus 1,500, JT Daniels at plus 2,500. Speaking of JT Daniels, he already missed a game earlier this season. It was the game against UAB, I believe, and they didn't need him. Um, uh, Stetson Bennett came in, and they just blew him out. They blew out UAB 56-7. to But Kyle Trask is dealing with a lat muscle injury, and Kirby Smart still has not made an announcement over whether JT Daniels will play or not. Uh, Kirby Smart said in a press conference or in a phone call leading up to this game against uh, Arkansas, quote, his oblique is fine. He's having a little bit of a lat issue. It bothered him some last week, and it bothered him some this week, but he's done a good job. He's sharp, watches all his tape, gets his reps, and does a good job. So we're hoping he can stay that way, uh, end quote. If Kyle Tra- if uh, I'm on the Kyle Trash train, if JT Daniels doesn't go in this game, Stetson Bennett will get the start. But now you got to start thinking about JT Daniels' Heisman candidacy. He's your fourth favorite right now, plus 2,500. He's already missed one game. If he misses another game, I don't think he can take him seriously as a Heisman candidate. If he plays in this game, has a big-time performance against Arkansas, you'll certainly elevate him up. He has uh, had a very nice season so far, um, has led the way. He's got five touchdowns to just uh, one interception, and he's completing uh, his at a, a passes at a high level right now, 76.1 completion percentage. So uh, JT Daniels, your fourth favorite right now for the Heisman Trophy. Spencer Rattler, meanwhile, could he put together a string of games that gets him back into this race? He was the favorite in the offseason. He was the guy coming into the year that was supposed to win this award. Well, he's plus 2,500 now because Oklahoma has not had a good start to their season, and Spencer Rattler hasn't really blown anybody away. But if Oklahoma can right the ship, for the remainder of their season and start to put together the wins and the and 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 the the stats that we expected them to have at the start of the season well then you can start to consider Spencer Rattler for the Heisman Trophy he has eight touchdowns this year to three interceptions uh and he's thrown for 1017 yards completing 74.1 
percent of his passes we'll take a look at that oklahoma game against arkansas as well as the other key matchups coming up this saturday in college football that's all next here on the look ahead with me scott seidenberg on vsin the sports betting network VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. VSIN's Point Spread Weekly is out now. And in this edition, we break down Tom Brady's return to New England and his face off with Bill Belichick. Matt Humans focuses on Lane Kiffin's showdown with Nick Saban. Brady Cannon evaluates the week four contest plays. And Adam Burke breaks down situational spots that have the maximum value. These stories and more are in this week's edition of Point Spread Weekly. Download it today or go to vcin.com slash subscribe for more information. That's vcin.com slash subscribe. Speaking of Point Spread Weekly, we'll be joined uh, later on in the program by Jonathan Von Tobel, host of The Edge here on vcin and a contributor to Point Spread Weekly. We'll talk to him about some of uh, the things that he wrote in this week's edition as it pertains to uh, the NFL and college football. Speaking of college football, I was looking at future odds and odds to make the college football playoff because we know that there are certain teams that have obviously a leg up right now as far as getting to the college football playoff. I believe that Alabama and Georgia have the inside track right now to both make the college football playoff. And the way that that works is let's say both of them go into the SEC title game undefeated, I think they're both in. And even if one of them has a loss going into that SEC title game, but then comes away with a win, there is a possibility that both one-loss teams could get in. We've seen it happen before. I mean, we've even seen an Alabama team that didn't even play for the SEC title uh, get into the college football playoff with one loss. Oklahoma... As long as they win the Big 12, and uh, I assume they go undefeated, but if they have one loss, one loss Big 12 champ, Oklahoma has a good chance to get in. The Big 10 10 champ has a good chance to get in. So look at on the screen right there, the odds to make the college football playoff, yes or no. Clemson, I don't even know why they're still on this board. Clemson is minus 1,000 to not make the college football playoff. The only way that Clemson would get into the college football playoff is with a combination of things. One being win out and finish your season with only the two losses that you have right now. The other thing that would need to happen is that there would have to be only three teams in the country with one or fewer losses. Because... There's no way a two-loss team is getting into the college football playoff. It has never happened, and it likely won't ever happen. Unless everybody else in the country has two losses. And then you could start to consider it. But no, Clemson's not getting into the college football playoff. That loss against NC State last week is going to be the reason why. Uh, Ole Miss. No is minus 2,500. Not a lot of faith in Ole Miss to uh, pull off some upsets on their schedule. Notre Dame, 
The no is minus 1,100. Now, it would take a lot for the Irish to get into the college football playoff. One, they would have to win against Cincinnati coming up on Saturday, but then they would also have to finish their schedule undefeated. And not only finish their schedule undefeated, but they would still need some help because the remainder of their schedule, they don't have a marquee win on that schedule. They have Virginia Tech, USC, North Carolina, Navy, Virginia, Georgia Tech, and Stanford. As it sits right now, they will not play another ranked team for the remainder of the season. And I'm telling you, I know that there's people that will talk about the money factor, about how an undefeated Notre Dame team absolutely deserves to be in the college football playoff because they're going to draw the ratings. College football playoff is going to get ratings no matter what. doesn't matter who's in it. Notre Dame or Michigan State doesn't matter. The ratings will still be there, okay? I think that whole idea of Notre Dame attracting ratings things, that, that, that's, that's, that's old. That's old news. It doesn't matter anymore. Plus, we've seen this story happen before. Notre Dame gets into the playoff, and then they get smoked. The committee's going to know that. The committee's going to evaluate. There's really only a couple of games for the committee to evaluate anyway with Notre Dame's schedule should they go undefeated. It's this game against Cincinnati and last week against Wisconsin. And if Wisconsin doesn't run the table with the rest of their schedule, how good does this Notre Dame schedule even look? You know, you're starting to look at this Notre Dame schedule, and it's, honestly, it's not that great. Nothing to, uh, nothing to brag about on this schedule. So I think that the Irish are a long shot to make the playoff. Let's look at the teams that have yes as the favorite for their props. Uh, Oklahoma, yes, is minus 130. Alabama, yes, is minus 700. Georgia, yes, is minus 600. Those are the only teams that have a yes next to their name as a favorite to make the college football playoff. Ohio State, yes, is plus 155. Michigan, yes, is plus 500. Penn State, yes, plus 425. Oregon could be an undefeated Pac-12 champ. Their yes is plus 185. 80. And then you look uh, at uh, a, a chance for, you know, somebody else to come in here, like a, like a Texas, plus 750 on the yes. Uh, Iowa, plus 700 on the yes. So it, it's shaping up to be the same teams that we expected to be at the start of the season. I think your college football playoff is probably going to come down to uh, like I mentioned, Alabama and Georgia both getting in. And then uh, it's going to be Oklahoma out of the Big 12 and the Big 10 champ. I think that's your college football playoff. Uh, Oregon's going to have an argument should they go undefeated. But again, for Oregon, look at that schedule. There's no one else. Well, the UC, at UCLA will be an important game. But then there's an opportunity to have a rematch uh, with, UC, um, with UCLA in the Pac-12 title game. So it's going to be it's, it's always hard to beat a team twice in, in the same year. So if you lose one of those games, you're eliminated. A one-loss Pac-12 champion is not getting into the college football playoff. So you got to beat UCLA twice or you're going to have to beat whoever else comes out of the south 
Uh, and, and you're going to have to beat UCLA on the road on the 23rd. Going to be a tall order for Oregon to get in. Uh, it really will be. Um, but if they run the table, they will have an argument to be made, and the argument could come down to them or the one-loss SEC team, and the one-loss SEC team could find themselves into the playoff. The best conference in college football. The SEC West and the Big Ten East. Those are the two best divisions right now in college football. The SEC West obviously has the big-time programs like Alabama, like Ole Miss. You know, Auburn's on a down year, but, uh, you know, still ranked in the top 25. Arkansas is number eight right now. Texas A&M, number 15. So you have one, two, three, four, five ranked teams in the SEC West. (laughs) It's, It's a lot. And then the Big Ten East, you got four, you got five ranked teams, excuse me, four ranked teams with Michigan State, Michigan, Penn State, and Ohio State. And then Iowa sitting there in the West. So the Big Ten champ, in my opinion, uh, has the right to has has a good chance to get into the playoffs. So I might sprinkle a little bit of a yes on one of those teams, whether it's a Penn State or an Iowa or uh, I don't think Michigan, but Ohio State, I would sprinkle as well because of Ohio State can finish off their schedule going un, uh, un, unbeaten, and their only loss would be that game against Oregon. Yeah, it's a bad loss, but Ohio State gets into the college football playoff. And you know what's crazy? Ohio State gets into the college football playoff over an undefeated Oregon team. So that's the other one that I would sprinkle on as the yes for Ohio State to get into the college football playoff. It is plus 155. So those are your futures to make the college football playoff. And then your winners, Alabama and Georgia, are your favorites to win the title, followed by Ohio State, Oregon, and Oklahoma. I think out of this grouping, and it stinks because I have I have a ticket on Oklahoma to win the national title. And I have it at, uh, what was it, plus 650? I got to check my ticket again. But it's not the plus 1,500 that they are now. And I think they have the best value on the board right now because... They are one of the teams that is projected to be in the college football playoff. So if you look at the teams right now that are projected to be in the playoff, the Alabamas, the Georgias, the Oklahomas, and a Big Ten team, the team with the best odds is Oklahoma at plus 1,500. So that's where I would kind of uh, take a look at for your college football future. Speaking of college football, Coming up next, we will be joined by my good friend, Chris Landry. LandryFootball.com is the website. Chris is a uh, football scout, former coach and administrator, uh, has worked on staff with Bill Belichick and Nick Saban, was uh, part of the hiring committee at LSU that brought Nick Saban into that program, and he uh, is just locked in when it comes to the sport of football. We'll talk to Chris coming up next, get all the insight into these matchups and more on The Look Ahead here on v the Sports Betting Network. This is The Look Ahead on v the Sports Betting Network. Make this football 
football season your best sports betting season ever. Start your VEASAN free trial today to get full access to our sports betting experts, including 24-7 video streaming, daily best bet emails, betting splits with the money, and ticket percentages on every game, plus full access to VEASAN.com data and analysis. You get everything VEASAN has to offer for only $22 per month. Sign up now at VEASAN.com slash subscribe. I'm Scott Seidenberg. It's The Look Ahead here on VEASAN, the sports betting network. You can follow me on Twitter at ScottsOnAir, S-C-O-T-T-S-O-N-A-I-R. My college football best bets will be released with our VEASAN.com best bets article in college football that comes out on Thursday. I'll give you one of those picks here on the program tonight, and it is a heavy underdog. Not only do I like this underdog to cover, but I also like a little bit of sprinkle on the money line as well, and it is a high plus money money line. We'll get plenty into that, but the guy that I always turn to for my college football and NFL insight is none other than Chris Landry, who joins me now on the program. Chris, of course, runs LandryFootball.com. He is a football scout, former coach and administrator, has worked on staff with Bill Belichick and Nick Saban, was in the Tennessee Titans front office, and as well as uh, a tenure at LSU, part of the reason why Nick Saban was hired there at LSU. Uh, Chris, thanks so much for joining me here on The Look Ahead here on VSIN. It's a great college football schedule this weekend with a ton of matchups in the top 25 and a bunch of underdog teams, undefeated underdogs, I should say, uh, teams that are 4-0 that are underdogs in their games, like uh, on Friday night where Maryland would love nothing more than to rush the field against number five Iowa. Can this high-powered offense under Mike Loxley pull an upset? They can. The offensive line's playing well. Uh, Talia has played well. Uh, I think the consistency would concern me with Maryland. This Iowa team is very good defensively. I think they will shorten the throwing windows. I think they'll make it a little more difficult. Um, I think the real key, though, is is Iowa offensively. Can they get the running game back on track? Still think Iowa's the better team. They're the more trustworthy team here. Um, Maryland may be the most explosive, but Iowa's the better team, better prepared situationally. Uh, and I think defensively they'll cause some problems. Uh, and challenges for for Maryland's offense. There's a lot of undefeated teams this week that are actually underdogs in their games. Uh, Arkansas, a heavy underdog at Georgia. Is this the moment for Arkansas? Because they've had some good wins so far this season. But is this the moment where they realize that they're still not in the uh, top class of the SEC? Yeah, I don't know. Maybe other than some of their fan base, I think everyone knows that they're not quite there. I think beating Texas and t- beating Texas A&M proves that they're better than Texas and Texas A&M right now. And really, you know, I think that this is in a different level. This would be, uh, I think, a, a challenge that Georgia hasn't seen thus far this year with the physical nature, the defending the extra run gap with the quarterback in the run game. But I think K.J. Jefferson health is going to be a big part of it. And I think Arkansas plays well defensively. They're good schematically, very underrated. Safeties play well. They've got three good rushers. Um, this good Arkansas team, but this Georgia team looks to be at a different level. So, uh, yeah, I do think that we'll see Arkansas, you know, probably three times this year uh, against really good teams, um, you know, show that they're – look, they're really good. I mean, this is – to me, this is the team that I thought – we're a seven-win team, and they clearly look better than that. But this is not one of them, I don't think. 
Uh, let's stay in the SEC. Ole Miss, Alabama. We know it was a shootout last year. Ole Miss just couldn't stop Alabama. Uh, but can they hang with them in this game? They're two touchdown underdogs. Can they make a game of this? They can. They're going to have to play a clean game. I think that they caused a lot of problems for Bama with um, a lot of pre and post snap, you know, cross motions and catch sweep motions and given a lot of different looks, get the linebackers uh, uh, cheating a little bit and then hit you with the RPO game. They do an awful lot and they do it with tempo. You know, it's basically a Lane Kiffin designed offense with Jeff Lebo Temple, uh, Jeff Levy uh, Temple. Um, and that's a tough combination for Bama. So the, the real key is going to be defensively, you know, can Bama be a little bit more disciplined, not deal with all the eye candy and try to make a, a bunch of adjustments. They've got to play sound gap control, good gap integrity from their defensive tackles. The edges, edge players have to set it very firmly, but not get too far upfield to where they're susceptible with the outside run and the keeper with the quarterback, Matt Corral. Uh, but I think this game may ultimately be decided on the other side of the ball. How much better is Ole Miss's defense? Um, can Al and, and what fascinates me most about this game, Scott, is how is Alabama going to play it? Uh, is Alabama going to try to match points with Ole Miss like last year with an offense that's probably not quite as good um, as they had last year, uh, Alabama that is? And then um, will they try to be a little bit more ball control, maybe 12 personnel with the tight ends? I, I think that's going to be fascinating to watch. Um, I, I think, you know, look, I, I think that Alabama – if Alabama can slow down the run game early and force Ole Miss to become pass first, they're not nearly as good. Their success on the passing game comes by the spacing that is created by forcing people to overcommit to the run. So I think Alabama could win it decisively. I think it could be close and either team could win it, but I think it's the style. Ole Miss wants to get 90 snaps of offense in every game. Just by comparison, Florida got 72 snaps of offense against Alabama. If they get enough offensive snaps to say and be in the 85, the 90 range, Ole Miss not only has a chance, but probably pulls the upset. But they're going to need that because that's their real kryptonite against this Bama team, the amount of snaps in the tempo. One other SEC game I want to get to, Kentucky, eight-and-a-half-point home dogs against Florida. I like this Kentucky team this year, Chris, and I think they can pull this upset. How do you look at this matchup? Well, they better play better than they have the last three weeks. Sure, sure, they sure. don't they don't they don't look like Kentucky right now. I mean, they're turning the football at an alarming rate. They kept Chattanooga in the game. They were probably 17 points better than Missouri and kept them in the game. They were at least that much better than South Carolina, and South Carolina was in the game most of the way. Kentucky's turning the football over at an alarming rate. That is very un-Kentucky-like under Mark Stoops. If they play that way, like they played the last three weeks, Florida will win, and Florida will win in a beatdown. They've got to play a clean game. Kentucky is physical. They are making some big plays, but the mistakes are going to kill them. Emory Jones is playing well, and again, if you're turning the football over, you're giving a big boost to this Florida defense, which I thought played well in the second half against Tennessee. Uh, but you turn the football over, 
Um, and this game will be over and, and won't be close. You play a clean game, you, you got a shot at home to make this a four-quarter game and anything can happen. Let's talk about the big game in South Bend, Cincinnati and Notre Dame, Chris. Uh, Cincinnati, a small favorite here. Uh, Notre Dame has been better defensively this season, and I think having uh, their defensive coordinator, Marcus Freeman, the familiarity that he has with Cincinnati, obviously, uh, I think could be a a factor here in this game. Um, But then again, you know, the score last week was a little deceiving. They got the two pick sixes at the end, which made it look like more of a route than it actually was. And this will be the best offense that Notre Dame has seen all season in Desmond Ritter and Cincinnati. So where do you side on this game? How do both of these teams match up with each other? Well, Cincinnati, um, I thought played sloppy against Indiana the first half. They can't afford to get out with that type of performance. And I don't think they will on the road here. You're right. This Notre Dame team's playing better. Marcus Freeman, it takes a little while to get acclimated to that defense. But once you get it, they start to play fast, play aggressive. And this Notre Dame defense is playing really good ball. It's not the typical Notre Dame offensive line. Um, Cincinnati does have weapons. They have a really good quarterback. They've got good receiver weapons. It's also got some challenges. They've got some high picks in the secondary. Cincinnati's a really good team. This is a big game. How do they deal with this big type of moment? This is this is like a bowl game with a little bit more juice, Scott, because this is a chance to get a signature win. Uh, you still got the rest of your schedule to get through, but this is like a, a big, we've arrived, we're really good, look at us. And for Notre Dame, you know, I, you start talking about Notre Dame and they're, maybe this is not one of the better teams, but they win this game. Who knows what the rest of the season brings. I think it's a really good game. I haven't quite decided yet as I'm, I'm working on it as we speak at LandryFootball.com. I think it's a, it's a close game. I think it goes into the fourth quarter. Um, Cincinnati looks to be a little bit more explosive right now, but has Notre Dame found something with Drew Prine at quarterback? Um, that's, that's an interesting dynamic. And, um, I, I think this game's going to be really intriguing. Hey, Chris, I still want to get to a couple of more games. You mind hanging on for another segment? Oh, I'd love to. We will continue with Chris Landry from LandryFootball.com coming up next. Talk a little more college football, and then I'll ask him in the NFL as well. I'm Scott Seidenberg. It's The Look Ahead here on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. This is The Look Ahead on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. Sure to visit vcin.com to check the current betting splits data. This new feature gives you insights on where the money and bets are moving for every game. You'll be able to see where the public is betting based on the number of tickets and where the money doesn't match the public opinion. Data is available for money line over, under, and against the spread bets. Betting splits are another way vcin is here to make you a smarter, better year round. Check out today's betting splits for every game at vcin.com. Scott Seidenberg back here with you. The look ahead here on VSIN, the sports betting network. You can follow me on Twitter at Scott's on air, S C O T T S O N A I R. Rejoined by my good friend Chris Landry from LandryFootball.com. You follow him on Twitter at LandryFootball. Chris is a football scout, coach, and administrator. And uh, Chris, we were talking a little college football, so I want to continue the college stuff here. 
And talk about a game that I circled as soon as I saw the board released. And that is Boston College getting two touchdowns against Clemson. And forget about the fact that, you know, BC has played well this season. Jeff Hafley, a tremendous coach. I know they lost Jerkovic, but Dennis Grossell has filled in nicely. I look at this Clemson team, Chris, that last week's loss knocks them out of contention for the college football playoff. So I wonder what the motivation is going to be like for these players who all they've known throughout their playing careers has been playing for championships. And, and I can see this being a problem for some of these players to get up. Maybe they're going through the motions a bit in, in this matchup against BC. Does that make sense? Plus, and I think all those things are great points. I think that that I have questioned a little bit of, particularly with all the draft prospects that Clemson has and a lot of good players is, are they, what do they have to play for? I mean, well, there's a lot to play for, but do they see it that way? I think we're going to see a lot about their football character here in the next few weeks. Uh, are they embarrassed by that performance and that loss? Uh, now having two losses on the year. I think that's going to be interesting. But here's the reality is when you look at Clemson, they're just not good on offense. They just, it's not like, boy, I, they just can't find their own way. They're not playing well at the line of scrimmage. The quarterback's not comfortable at all. And this BC team is good. They are playing well. And everybody, by the way, I mean, everybody in the ACC is uh, just two games away from getting on a winning streak or two games away from getting on a losing streak. I mean, everybody's in this race, including BC. I mean, everybody. I mean, it is Clemson and everybody else. Now it's everybody else. There is no, it's everybody else. Everybody's got a shot. Well, not everybody. There's some teams that are played their way out of it. I get that. But right now it is uh, who gets hot and why not BC? Why not now? Why not win on the road? I think this game could be really close. Maybe Clemson pulls it out. Um, third loss would only throw more fuel to the fire about some of the issues that are going on there. But I think this ought to be a good game, and I agree with you. BC's cards played exceedingly well last week against Missouri. But this is a talented Clemson defense. Expect this defense to step up a little bit more, even with their missing guys. Um, I think I think Jeff's done a really good job. Jeff Affley pulls this upset, and he continues to win. He may get that job, uh, that bigger job coming up, you know, sooner than any of us expected. And I think he's the fast-track guy to begin with. Oh, that's wild there. Uh, let me take it to the Big Ten, Chris, where Michigan has to travel to take on Wisconsin. Uh, Michigan 4-0, yet they're a small underdog on the road. They haven't won at Camp Randall since 2001, and the past couple of games, Chris, have been ugly. <laughs> We're talking about Wisconsin blowouts over Michigan. They seem to have their number. Is this uh, Wolverines team different, and uh, can Wisconsin avoid losing another game, which would just be a disastrous start to their season. Yeah, Wisconsin's, you know, people have asked me what's wrong with Wisconsin. They can't do this. They're turning the football over. They're turning the football over because they can't run the football. They're not playing well at the line of scrimmage, which is very un-Wisconsin-like. So that's leading to a lot of the problems. They don't have the backs that are special, and so they're, they're a different-looking team. But I got to tell you, you know, there's not hardly anything that separates Michigan and Wisconsin on tape. They look like similar teams. I think Michigan's a little bit better. I think they've got a little bit more explosiveness. Corwin is outstanding, but neither one of these teams have shown an ability to throw the football very effectively. Um, and I know Wisconsin's got two losses. Um, I think this is an even game. I really do. I, I 
I, I could easily see Wisconsin winning it. Um, I just I need to see more out of Michigan. And even with a win like this, as I said, it's not overly impressive if they're able to win it. I, I, I think, you know, Michigan's got a long way to go. But I, I the, the record is a lot better than the film says in terms of Michigan. I think this is a toss-up game. Um, but but neither one of these teams look very good on tape, and I don't trust either one of these teams, particularly in their ability to make plays in the passing game. And which team can make plays in the passing game? Will anybody? I mean, this looks like your 13-10 your type game because I just don't know that anybody's going to be able to move the football well enough in the air to have enough success. And I think Wisconsin's defense is better than Michigan's defense. <clears throat> All right, let me take it to the uh, Big 12. One last college game here. Baylor and Oklahoma State, a top 25 matchup there in Stillwater. Uh, how do you look at both of these teams? And with Oklahoma kind of playing down to their level of competition so far this season, do uh, either of these teams have a chance to make a run at the Big 12 title? I don't think that far, but I think they can certainly get their fan base is excited because both of them got nice wins last week in games that you could see going the other way. They were able to get it done. And so now though, somebody's going to come out of it with two good wins in a row. I think it's Oklahoma state. I think they've got a little bit more going for them. The running game, they've got an outstanding running back. Um, you know, the defense is still sketchy, but look, I thought Baylor lived on special teams last week, did a phenomenal job. That's how Iowa State lost the game. Um, I think Oklahoma is the better team here, but I, this is another case of what to make of the Big 12. I mean, West Virginia plays pretty good defense. Oklahoma still the team to beat. Look, don't, don't sleep on Texas. Texas is playing good ball. I think Texas, I think uh, Oklahoma – um, I think West Virginia, I think all three of those teams are better than both of these teams. So I don't see long-range success, but obviously the winner here is going to get a lot of juice. I think it's going to be Oklahoma State at home. While I have you, Chris, let me take you over to the NFL and uh, talk about some of the big games that you have coming up this weekend. Uh, there's obviously some games where there are teams that are heavily favored, but one of the games that I have circled, Chris, is the Saints against the Giants. Now, uh, you're down there in Louisiana, and you understand more than anybody the effect uh, that the storm has had on the people there, and I think being the first home game uh, for this Saints team, playing in the Dome in New Orleans, in front of that crowd for the first time since 2019, I just can't see any way they lose this game, regardless of the fact of who they're playing. And we'll throw in that they're playing one of the worst teams in the NFL and the New York football Giants. But I think the Saints are going to play with a lot of emotion in this game coming up on Sunday. I probably will. I thought they played with a lot of emotion against Green Bay to start the season, and that really explained a lot. They were sharp, and they just carved up the pack. And, you know, it, it seems like all that emotion was just like the air was let out of the balloon against Carolina. Carolina's good, but Carolina just beat them like a drum. And then they came back, and they played well against the Patriots well enough and got it done. You just hit it. It's just the Giants. It just Giants are just not very good. Um, and emotion, not emotion. I mean, I think there'll be emotion, yes, but I, I, I don't think it's going to be – it won't be anything like when they opened up the – reopen the dome against um, Atlanta, you know, after Hurricane Katrina. But, you know, I just think this Saints team is playing with some confidence. I, I just, to me, I, I, I'm just looking at the Giants, and I'm trying to figure out how they get some wins here 
I thought they had a chance last week, and they did, but couldn't get it done. I look, we'll see what the Saints do. I I I think they're the better team here, and I think they win. Uh, I don't know what type of emotion. I don't know how clean. I think they win regardless here. I just think they're better than the Giants, and I think if they played several times, I think the Saints would win and probably could win in different ways. Chris, I appreciate the time as always. Thank you so much and look forward to talking again next week. Hey, thank you, Scott. Always great to be with you, my friend. Uh, He's the very best. Chris Landry, LandryFootball.com is the website. You follow him on Twitter at LandryFootball. Chris is as locked in as anybody when it comes to the sport of football, both college and pro. He is a football scout. He's a coach, an administrator, has experience in teams' uh, front offices, works as a consultant for many NFL teams and college teams when it comes to their – coaching matters as well and and he he talked about it with the Giants I mean they're just a bad football team and where are they going to find wins I mean this is a team that could really be 0-10 if you look down their schedule uh it's it's unbelievable they have not had a winning record in the last five seasons and uh, I'm just looking right now at their updated win total it's at four and a half and I, I struggle to even find those four wins so i think that could be an absolute under there we'll talk more nfl football coming up next with our very own jonathan von tobel host of the edge here on vsin also contributor to point spread weekly and he is our senior nba analyst so we'll see what he's working on coming up next i'm scott seidenberg it's the look ahead here on vsin the sports betting network This is VSIN, the sports betting network. The VSIN experts live and breathe sports betting, and we've assembled the best team here in Vegas, the gambling capital of the world. Our unique approach helps you learn how to become a better handicapper. We go beyond picks and predictions to discuss the numbers and 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 to discuss the numbers.